God's word for our sermon time. And I have uh, three readings that I'm going to be using today for our sermon. And the first reading is from Proverbs chapter 14, Proverbs 14, 31. And there uh, the author of Proverbs wrote, Whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker, but whoever is kind to the needy honors God. Then a reading from Ephesians chapter 2. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live, when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. For it is by grace you have been saved. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Then our gospel reading for today is from the 25th chapter of St. Matthew's Gospel, beginning with the 31st verse. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger, or needing clothes or sick? Or in prison and did not help you he will reply truly I tell you whatever you did not do 
for one of the least of these you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Pray with me. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for serving us. And you come to us and you serve us by giving you, us your righteousness as a free gift, a gift of your grace, a gift of your mercy. Thank you for making us alive in you by the power of the gospel. Alive in the gospel to live by faith and to serve others in love. And today I pray that your word would sink into our hearts in such a powerful way that we would, that we would gladly live in obedience to what you have told us. May this gift of your grace be worked out in our lives in such a way that we care for those who are in need. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Matthew chapter 24 and 25, Jesus is teaching about the reality of his soon return. Well, we confess that Jesus is coming again. He's coming again to judge the living and the dead. Jesus already came one time. He came the first time. 2,000 years ago, he was born in, as a baby in Bethlehem's manger. He came 2,000 years ago to, to be born into this world as our Savior, uh, to live for us, to teach us, to show us, uh, ultimately to go to the cross and to suffer and to bleed for us, and then to rise, giving us victory over sin, over death, over hell, over the power of the devil by his life, his death, and his resurrection. So he came the first time 2,000 years ago as our Savior. He came to us 2,000 years ago because he saw you. He saw you. Even before the foundation of this world was, was laid, he saw you as a person in need. And he came to serve you. He came to live for you, to die for you, to rise for you. So he came uh, to, to, to you and to me and to all of humanity. He came to us in the poverty of our sin. He came to us as people who were impoverished by sin and need of a Savior, in need of the riches of his grace. So he lived, he bled, he died, he rose from the dead. And before Jesus left this uh, small band of disciples 2,000 years ago, he promised that he would come again. On the day of his ascension, he said, just as you see me go, I will return again. So he ascended before the disciples to the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Then we confess that he will come again to judge the living and the dead. He came the first time as our Savior, but he's coming again a second time as the judge of, of, this, of this planet, the judge of all of humanity. And when we uh, come to Matthew chapter 25, uh, we see that there will be a, a separation. When he comes again, he comes to separate. He comes to separate uh, those with faith from those who have no faith. And here we're given the sheep and the goats as a shepherd separates the sheep and the goats. On the day of his return, he will separate people as a shepherd separates 
sheep from goats. From our study of Matthew 25, we've already studied two parables that speak of the separation on Judgment Day. There is the separation of the five wise virgins from the five foolish. Five of the virgins at the beginning of Matthew chapter 25 were wise. They were ready for the return of the bridegroom, but five were foolish. They were not ready, so there's this separation. Last week, we studied about the separation of the faithful and the unfaithful servants of their master. Two servants were faithful, and they used what they had to bring honor and glory to their master. They used what they had for their master, but there was one who was foolish. So there's a separation in, in, in that parable in Matthew chapter 25 of, of two faithful servants from one unfaithful servant. And today we have the separation of the sheep and the goats. The sheep are those who are righteous. The goats are those who are unrighteous. And the sheep, they prove their righteousness by loving the needy. They show their righteousness by how they love those in need. They love the needy by their actions. They love the needy by their good works. They prove their righteousness by works done in love. So in Matthew 25, three parables and three separations. The separation of the wise and the foolish virgins. The separation of the two faithful servants from the unfaithful servant. And here the separation of the sheep and the goats. The goats prove their unrighteousness by doing nothing for the needy. They prove their unrighteousness by doing nothing for the needy. Again, Proverbs 14.31. Whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker. Contempt for their maker. But whoever is kind to the needy honors God. Let that sink in. Whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker. But whoever is kind to the needy honors God. So I ask you the question today, in what ways have you been kind to the needy? Think it over. Let it sink in. Those ready on Judgment Day put their faith, they put their faith into action by caring for the poor and the needy. Their faith, the fruits of their faith come out with a concern for those who are in need. Based on the parable of the sheep and the goats and based upon the truth Jesus teaches in Matthew 25, I ask you, are you ready? Are you ready for that day when Jesus comes again to judge the living and the dead? You see, Matthew 25 teaches us how to be ready for Judgment Day. Jesus wants you to know the truths of his teaching so that you are ready when he comes again. 
You see, we make so many things a priority in our life. We make many things a priority in our life that really should not be a priority. We prioritize those things which Jesus doesn't prioritize. Jesus wants you to be ready for Judgment Day. Have oil in your lamps. Have oil in your lamps. That's a priority. Live as a faithful servant of God. That is a priority. Love the needy. Help the needy. That's a priority. You see, when when a person is saved by the grace of God, when, when God's grace comes upon a person and beautifully saves them, for their, their sins are forgiven, they're given new life in the Holy Spirit, the old is, is gone and the new has come, when a person's saved, his or her priorities begin to shift. Priorities begin to change. For the person who's saved, their main concern in life changes. And here's what happens. Jesus is, just to put it simply, when a person is saved, Jesus' priorities in life, all of his priorities in life become your, your priority. And, and this is really simple because we are called as believers to be disciples of Christ. And to be a disciple of Christ simply means that we follow him. Where Jesus goes, we go. We hear his teaching and we obey everything that he has taught us. But so often in my life, and I have to confess this, because I too am a sinner in need of grace, in need of mercy, his priorities They are not my priority. And this is where the whole concept of repentance, of us being baptized children of God, comes into play, that we are called to to continually walk in repentance. And when we walk in repentance, what we're doing is we're simply realigning our priorities with Jesus' priority. Whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker. But whoever is kind to the needy honors God. There is no way for you to experience this shifting of priorities in your life apart from Jesus first coming to you and meeting your needs. The reason we serve those in need is because Christ came to me. He came to you, a person in need, and he served us. So then that changes our hearts so that we desire to serve other people. I am a needy person. You are a needy person. You see, you and I are sinners in need of grace. And grace changes everything. You see, grace liberates us from faulty priorities. And aligns us with God's priorities, with Christ's priorities. That's what I need. I need a shift in priority. Jesus' priority must become my priority. But in order for that to happen, I need to see myself as being a person who is, is very poor. 
I'm poor. And you're poor. You may have all the money that you want. You know, I, I really have everything that I want. Materially. I really don't need any more than I have. Monetarily. I have all that I need. Uh, you know, I, I never remember a time in my life when I didn't have food or heat or shelter or clothing. I, I was very, very fortunate to grow up in, in a home where, where I had all of my needs and even my wants. You know, if, if I told my parents, I, I really want this thing that I don't need, I remember Christmas one year. Before Christmas, I prayed, God, if you're real, there will be a Tyco RC car, radio-controlled car, under the Christmas tree. So that was my priority, right? And I woke up in the morning, and there's this Tyco RC radio-controlled car, and I, I played with it, and I played with it, and I played with it. And it eventually wore out. And it didn't work anymore. You see, uh, I've always had everything that I need, but it wasn't until I came to the point in my life where I recognized that I may have everything that I want in life and everything that I need in life. And I've lived, a, you know, with, with these material things that most people in life don't have. But I still had to come to that point where I realized I am a poor person. I may not be poor monetarily, but I'm poor spiritually. I have this spiritual poverty. I have nothing. I have nothing before God. And that's what we need to become, even with bellies full and heat in the furnace. We need to recognize ourselves as spiritually poor. So my prayer is that you picture yourself as a poor beggar with empty hands before God. And the richest people in the world, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, doesn't matter how much they have in this world, they still need to come to the point where they recognize themselves as poor beggars. The richest people in the world need to come before God as poor beggars because God doesn't care about your bank account. On Judgment Day, He isn't going to look at your bank book or your investments or your property and look at all of that stuff and say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You did everything that an American should do. You fulfilled the American dream. It's not what God's going to judge you based upon. You see, Job had the right perspective in life. Job said he was a rich man. Remember that? Job was rich. But he came to realize, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. He understood that before God he had nothing. He was completely naked. He had nothing, even though he was the richest man in the land. So my prayer is, is that we would come before God and say, Lord, my hands are empty. I have nothing. All that I have comes from you. 
All that I have in this life comes from you. So help me to use what I have to serve those in need. Fill my poor, empty, sinful hands with your saving grace so that I can live to be a servant in the same way you lived to be a servant. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. There is the empty hand. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. We come before him with empty hands and he gives us this gift of his grace. Not by works. Oh no. You can do all the good works that your body can handle. You can spend all your time and uh, just totally burn yourself out helping people who are in need. None of those good works are going to earn you salvation. Not by works so that no one can boast, but here's the key, for we are God's handiwork. You are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You are saved by grace through faith in what Jesus has done for you. Jesus came as a servant to serve all who recognize their need for him. All who come before him as beggars. He never forced himself on anyone. Many people refuse to acknowledge their need. He would respect them. But to all who recognize their needs, to those who received him as Savior, he gave generously of his grace. So do you recognize your need for the grace of Jesus Christ today? And I want you to know that he is here to fill you today. To fill you to overflowing with the riches of his grace. So let's open our empty hands to Jesus. Let's open our empty hearts to Jesus. Let's open our lives to him. And when you open your life to him, fills you. He fills you with riches that this world knows nothing about. The riches of his grace. Grace that lifts the oppressive burden of guilt. Do you live with guilt? Do you live with guilt over something that you have done? Something that you have said? Something that you struggle with in life? His grace lifts that burden. His grace gives you strength to face life's challenges. Are you facing a challenge today? Are you walking through some sort of a, a predicament, a difficulty in life? His grace will give you the strength to face whatever challenge you're facing today. Grace that liberates you uh, to have his priority as your priority. Grace that liberates you to give generously to those who are in need. And grace that motivates you to serve. Grace that motivates you to see the needs of others and to, and to do something to practically serve those in need. Let us pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. Lord, we are blessed in so many ways living here in this country. 
uh, with the life that you've given to us. But Lord, I pray that we wouldn't be distracted and have our priorities misaligned. But I pray that in your grace and mercy that you would come to us and that you would realign our priorities, that they would line up with your priorities. That we would see that we have been placed here for this time to serve others. To recognize that there are people in need. Our neighbors are in need. They may have all the money they want, but they still have a need. And yet we also know that there are many within this community. They don't have a roof over their head. They don't have food to eat. They have no warmth. They struggle. Help us, Lord, as a church to see what we can do. Help us to see what we can do as those who have nothing but your grace. And help us to step up in very practical ways and to serve people within our community. I pray that you would open us up, that we would go to the grocery store and get simple things like rice and pasta. Lord, that we would find ways to volunteer within this community. Uh, that Jesus' love would touch people. I pray that you would work in our congregation, that we would not be a people who just receive and receive and receive and never give that we would truly live as your servants. May your priorities be our priorities. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.